let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this uh, time that we have together. Lord, just dedicate this time to you. Lord, I just ask that you would anoint my words, that I would only speak the part you want me to speak, Lord, and that I would be led of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here. We welcome you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, there it is. <laughs> so, the title of my message is Discernment, and discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong, it's knowing the difference between right and almost right. And that is a quote by C.H. Spurgeon. He was a 19th century preacher from England. And that was one of his famous quotes. I think that kind of uh, is a good way to describe discernment too, because there's a lot of things that we can perceive that we think are right, but they're really almost right. (laughs) And they're not actually right. Amen? Amen. Okay, the scripture reference is Ecclesiastes 8.5, and I'm going to turn there to start out with. Okay, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Who is like a wise man, and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face to shine, and the sternness of his face is changed. Okay, and um, the scripture reference on that is Proverbs 4, 8 and 9. It says, wisdom will exalt you when you exalt her truth. She will lead you to honor and favor when you live your life by her insights. You will be adorned with beauty and grace, and wisdom's glory will wrap itself around you, making you victorious in the race. I don't know about you, but I want to be victorious in the race. I don't want to get taken out early because I'm not discerning things. Okay, so um, then we go over to Ecclesiastes 8.5, which is the theme scripture. It says, a wise man's heart discerns. A wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment, because for every matter, there is a time and a judgment. So the first part of my message is going to be about discerning the times. Uh, I have a couple scriptures from the Old Testament, and then we're going to go into the New Testament. We're going to talk about discerning people, how to discern what people are doing and what's going on around us, okay? So first of all, I'm going to give you a definition of discern and discernment. So discern means to recognize or to perceive clearly or to recognize or perceive differences, okay? And then discernment is the ability to obtain sharp perceptions, there's that word perceive again, or to judge well or the activity of doing so. In the case of judgment, discernment can be psychological or it can be moral in nature. Within judgment, discernment involves going past the mere perception of something and making nuances, a nuanced distinction, or a nuanced judgment about its properties or qualities. And a nuance, we don't know what that means. It's a subtle distinction or a variation. Okay, so discernment involves going past the mere perception of what something seems like it's going to be and making a nuanced judgment about its properties or qualities. 
So discernment is considered to be a virtue, and a discerning individual is considered to possess wisdom and be of good judgment, especially so with regard to subject matter often overlooked by others. Okay, it's really easy to overlook things. It's not so easy to catch the little things that will help you on the path that Jesus has for you. And that's what we're going to uh, delve into today. Okay, so going to the Old Testament now. <clears throat> in the book of uh, First Chronicles in chapter uh, 12, uh, starting at verse 23, uh, there's the members of David's army are at Hebron. Okay, and there's uh, soldiers being assembled to him. He is not yet king, and uh, there's soldiers coming to support him and to make him king, to make sure that he becomes the king of Israel. Okay, so these people are being called forth. Okay, and then through, listed through 23 through verse 37, the tribes are listed according to distinct features that they have. How many are in each tribe, what their name is, and some of them have specific things it says about them, okay? And um, <clears throat> in verse 32, there's a notation made about the sons of Issachar. They were known for having understanding of the times and to know what Israel ought to do. These were men of discernment. Okay, it's interesting as you're reading through those verses, and I'm not going to read them all because there's too many, but you can read them when you get a chance. It talks about the ones that were skilled in war, the ones that were uh, skilled to fight all these people good with weapons, people that would defend the king on this side and that. And then in the middle of that, you have the sons of Iskar. And their um, only claim to fame, I mean, there were soldiers, I'm sure they could fight as well, was that they had discernment. They could discern the times and what Israel ought to do. Amen. They're known for understanding the times and knowing what Israel ought to do. Men of discernment. Okay, this is who we need to be as members of the body of Christ. We meet, need to be known as the tribe of Jesus that understands and knows the times. That's who we are. We're the tribe of Jesus. Amen. I like that tribe. And so because we're the tribe of Jesus, we should have the ability to listen and hear from him. Hear from him when he's trying to tell us something. Now, I've heard people say, well, that's just because, you know, you have a gift of discernment. Well, you know what? The discernment is for everybody. I don't see anywhere in the scripture where it says only, only a few people have discernment. Now, there's a gift of discerning of spirits, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. That's a specific gift. I'm talking about the discernment that the Lord gives us when we have the Holy Spirit, when we get saved, uh, we come to know Jesus, we get baptized in water, we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we've accepted him in our lives and we can hear him. i tell you one thing, you cannot hear anything if you don't have the Holy Spirit. You can perceive things, but they're probably not going to be accurate. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus gave us when he left. When he was taken up into heaven, when he was crucified so that we could be saved. Jesus Christ was crucified so we could be saved. God the Father gave his only son to us so that we could experience salvation. And when he left, he told the disciples in John 14, 15, he said, I am going to send you a comforter. I am going to send you a guide, a helper. I'm leaving, but fear not. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who will guide and lead you into all truth. That's what we have available to us. That is available to every one of us. There's no one exempt. The only exemption is what we decide to do. If we choose to pursue that or if we pursue, choose to be led by our own instincts, our own perceptions. 
not the perceptions and discernment of the Lord. So anyway, I think that's pretty um, interesting that the sons of Issachar, there's all those tribes listed, you know, and I've had that scripture quoted to me before and told me that that's who I am and whatever. Anyway, could be, you know. I'm not going to say I'm something that I'm not, but it could be. Anyway, I've never actually read through all the tribes and seen the distinctions because most of them have to do with, you know, people being called into war, their armor and what they will do and how they're, I think the ones who said they'll protect the, this flank of Israel and these people over here are going to be good to do this. There's only, you know, there's only that one distinction that says discernment, understanding the times to know what Israel ought to do. So this is important to the Lord, and it is important to us if we are going to discern what he wants us to do in this time. Now, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was more than that, we were um, at a meeting, and uh, this uh, lady that I know was speaking, and she said, she was prophesying, actually, and she said, I really believe that in these times we're living in, we have got to exercise discernment or we're not going to make it through. I believe that is absolutely true. I mean, if you think about the world that we live in today and all the things going on, I mean, how can you even know what to do if you don't discern things? You can guess. You know, you can guess, well, maybe it's this. This looks good. That looks like it could be okay. Got to have discernment have to have discernment. Okay, now we are going to go over to Matthew 7, and this is a uh, particularly interesting scripture because it's talking about things that can be happening to us right now, and that also, um, I got some water, Sid. <laughs> I got my water. Thank you, though. Any, anyway, um, it's talking about false prophets. Yeah. Now, I had an experience with this a few years ago, and, you know, sometimes we think we really know what we're doing. We really don't. Don't ever think that. Just assume you know nothing. You're better off, you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and if somebody warns you about something, you probably want to listen to it. Even if you think they don't know what they're talking about, they could actually know what they're talking about. Okay. Anyway, so Matthew 7, 15 to 20, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation says, constantly be on your guard against phony prophets. They come disguised as lambs, appearing to be genuine, but on the inside they are wild, ravenous wolves. Now, they come disguised as lambs, okay? You can spot them by their actions, for the fruits of their character will be obvious. You won't find sweet grapes hanging on a thorn bush, and you'll never pick good fruit from a tumbleweed. So if the tree is good, it will produce good fruit, but if the tree is bad, it will bear only rotten fruit, and it deserves to be cut down and burned. Look at the obvious fruit of their lives and their ministries, and then you'll know whether they are true or false. Look at, I'm going to say that again. Look at the obvious fruit of their lives and ministries, and then you'll know whether they're true or false. Okay, so I have a note here. There's many false prophets who pretend to be Christian guides, but whose real purpose is selfish and destructive. We must test those claiming to prophesy by their fruit, that is, by their lifestyle, character, teaching, and influence. Yeah. Now, there's, there are... Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. There's another part over here I'm going to read about that. But anyway, there, there's many uh, people, unfortunately... 
in the world, you know, and some of them are in the body of Christ, and they are believers, but their uh, purpose is self-ambition, to make a name for themselves, okay? And, uh, you know, they'll use scriptures and talk to you about that, but you got to look at their life and their ministry and see what the fruit is. Are they always just talking about themselves? I did this, I did that, I did the other thing, I, 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 you know? And do, are they walking in humility? Or are they just like a, uh, what are those things called? Like a puffer. What's puffers? I don't know what those things are called. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they just kind of puff themselves up. And they're not walking in the spirit of God. These are people that can deceive you. They could be false prophets. They could uh, be opening themselves up uh, to Satan to use them. Because he, what's the scripture say? Uh, Vic quoted that last week when he was speaking. In 1 Peter 5, it says, uh, Beware, because the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's not talking about the unbelievers there. He's already got them, doesn't need them. He's talking about us. He wants to go after us. And what's, what's the best way to go after us? To uh, convince somebody who knows the Lord but isn't really following his way. We're going to hear about more about that later that they can speak to and influence and get to influence other people so that they can lead you astray. Yeah. That's, what, that's how he works. Yeah. He doesn't go out there and blast, blast his name out and say, here I am, look at me. I'm the enemy, I'm gonna take you out. No, that's not the way the enemy works. He's very subtle. Uh, think, I was thinking about um, Adam and Eve when I was preparing this too because um, discernment is about perceptions. And think about Eve. She was looking at that apple. Okay, the apple was beautiful. It was red. I imagine it was, maybe it was polished and shiny and luscious, you know, because uh, it was a total setup by the enemy. And uh, the Lord had told him not to partake of that. But, but the snake was right there, you know, to deceive her and said, oh, did God tell you not to eat of this? It doesn't really matter. You can eat of this, and you're going to learn all this. You're going to have great understanding and great knowledge. Right. How many have been told that before about something? Yeah. Anyway, so she looked at it. She's like, wow, this is a great-looking apple. I'm going to take a bite. She takes a bite. Totally deceived, caught in the snare of the enemy. And the fall of man begins from that point on, okay? And then Jesus redeemed us. So we have to be careful what we're looking at, Okay. Um, let's look down in 21 to 23, same chapter, Matthew 21 to 23. Here, Jesus is warning of pretenders. First, he's talking about false prophets, and in these passages, he's talking about pretenders. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you. Okay, so again, here, Jesus is warning against self-deception, a mere verbal profession of lordship without obedience to the will of God. Okay? So you can be deceived thinking that you're following the Lord, professing that, but if you're not obeying the will of God, then you're not, okay? It's even possible for a self-deluded person to exercise a spectacular ministry using the authority of the scriptures 
in the name of Jesus without walking in genuine, obedient discipleship. That's why it's important that we discern. We've got to have discernment in this time. Because the Lord warned us, uh, many passages in the New Testament, he warned us about how in the end times there was going to be people coming and speaking in his name and saying that, that they, were, they were the one. They were the ones to follow. And they aren't going to be. They're going to be false prophets. The Antichrist. So we have got to be aware. We've got to train ourselves now how to discern that we don't get drawn into that. Think about Satan. Even he used the scripture to try to taunt Jesus. He quoted the scripture. So it does, it's not a stretch to think that other people could do that. Okay, and then in, let me look at my other page of notes here. In Luke, I think we're going to go to Luke next, yeah. 24, 12, 24, no, 12, 54 to 56. And here Jesus is uh, admonishing uh, the crowd again because they're not discerning the time. Uh, this same scripture is also found in Matthew uh, 16, 3, I believe. But I'm reading the one in Luke 12, 54 to 56. Jesus then said to the crowds gathered around him, When you see a cloud forming in the west, don't you say a storm is brewing? Yeah. And we say that. And then it arrives. And when you feel the south wind blowing, don't you say a heat wave is on the way? And so it happens. What hypocrites? You are such experts at forecasting the weather, but you are totally unwilling to understand the spiritual significance of the time you're living in. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. It's true. You know, they weren't paying attention to what was happening. Okay, so I want to read a note on verse 56, because there's an amazing play on words found in the Aramaic text here. The word translated hypocrites is literally acceptance of faces. Acceptance of faces, okay? The Aramaic states that the Pharisees looked at the face of the sky and the faces of men, living superficially, not seeing what was happening spiritually around them. Okay, now I think this, is, this little note is really important because, um, and the, the difference of the Aramaic text there, Hypocrites being literally accepting of faces and that the Pharisees looked at the face of the sky and the faces of men. They were led by men, not of the Lord. They, they were um, supposedly spiritual men. They were looked at as that, but they regarded uh, the station in life of men and how they looked. You know, if somebody didn't look right, they kind of put them down. And they, uh, they didn't walk in a place of humility. And it's very easy, <clears throat> it's very easy to be taken in by men or women, okay? Especially if they happen to be uh, somewhat spiritual. You could be taken in by them. This is where we have to exercise discernment. We've got to ask the Lord. Now, it's not a difficult thing to do. It's a matter of stopping. Five seconds maybe is all it takes. Doesn't take long. It's a matter of disciplining yourself to ask the Lord. Lord, I don't feel right about this. There's something this person is saying that is bothering me. What is it? What is it? Are you trying to tell me something? And the Lord will tell you. He will tell you if you ask him. But he's not going to blast a trumpet and say, look out for this guy. No. He's given us each a free will. He's created us in his, Im in his image, but each of us has a free will so that we can decide, are we going to follow him? Are we going to be led astray by the popular movement of the day? Are we going to take the path of least, re least resistance so that we can be friends with this person? 
And maybe, maybe if I'm friends with them, I'll win them to the Lord. Yeah, if you're co- talking about Jesus, no, if you're compromising your life so you can be their friend, that's not a true friend. A true friend will be honest and speak the truth. They will not hide things from you, okay? If, if things are hidden, there's probably some kind of a, a falsity happening, something devilish going on, a demonic act, because uh, the Lord does not hide things. He speaks the truth. He exposes things. It says in Ephesians 5, expose every work of darkness. Expose every work of darkness. That, to me, that means turn over every, every rock, you know. Ask me to shine my light on it, and I will expose the works of darkness. Okay, so, so that's what we need to do. We're in a situation, and maybe somebody is speaking. Maybe you're in a service somewhere, and somebody is speaking from the platform, and you don't feel right. You feel weird. I mean, he, the Lord gave us five senses. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for the five senses. Anyway, you can ask the Lord. This is a good thing to do. I try to do this every day. When I get up in the morning, I ask the Lord, Lord, anoint my five senses today. Help me to hear what you want me to hear. Help me to see in the spiritual realm that I would see beyond the natural. Anoint my nose to smell that I would have your divine sense of smell. Anoint my mouth to speak what you want me to speak. And anoint my hands that I would have the healing touch of Jesus. That is a good thing to do every day. If you ask the Holy Spirit to anoint your five senses, he will. And he will speak to you and he will use you. Now, I want to give you a practical example example of the sense of smell. Uh, This happened um, a number of years ago. We were getting ready to go to a women's retreat up at Victory Bible Camp, and I was getting ready to go out of the house, and I, all of a sudden, I smelled something. I thought, what is that smell? It smelled like smoke, but I couldn't figure out where it was coming from, you know? So I'm, you know, so I'm um, asking the Lord, Lord, what is that? Is that something I need to be aware of? Well, it was a fan in the upstairs bathroom. And it was about to catch on fire, which I didn't know. Uh, we had a brother in our church at the time that was very skilled in electrical matters. And um, his wife happened to be going with me to this retreat. She said, let me call my husband. So she did. And he came over. Sure enough, the thing was about to ignite on fire. And Mark was gone. The kids were gone. The house was empty. If I wouldn't have caught that, our house would have burned to the ground. So it's really important that we pay attention to what the Lord is telling us. He is about everyday matters, our everyday life. It's not some spiritual high thing you can't attain to. It's a matter of just listening, training your ears to hear the Lord, training your eyes to see what's going on in the spiritual realm, training your nose, your mouth, your hands, that you'll be in tune with the Spirit of God. If you ask the Lord to anoint your hands uh, to heal people, he might bring somebody across your path that day that you're going to lay hands on, and they'll be healed. Praise God. They'll come to know the Lord. So it's very important that we're in tune with what is going on around us. Uh, now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2. And I am going to read verse 14 out of the Passion Translation. No, I'm going to read verse 14 out of the New King James. Then we're going to go to 15 and 16 in the Passion Translation. Okay, this is talking about the difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
Okay, now, before we go on to 15 and 16, I want to read a note that I have here. The Greek word for spiritually here is pneumatikos. That's quite a word, huh? Pneumatikos. <laughs> anyway, and you can compare that with pneumonia, pneumatic, or pneumatology. A lot of the Greek words, Hebrew words, also are related to things in English, okay? So it's an adverb denoting a symbolic or spiritual sense. So in this scripture, in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the word is to start, used to describe why natural reasoning cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit. They are discerned, pneumatikos, spiritually, with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So pneumatikos in this scripture verse here, 2.14, spiritually discerned. It's, it's a spiritual sense, pneumatikos, and it's used to describe why natural reason cannot comprehend it. things of the Spirit. You can only comprehend it with the aid of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, before that, you know, I was saved. I had gotten water baptized. But, uh, um, you know, I, I read the Word, and I could discern some of it and figure it out, but it was kind of like jumble, jumblish to me. You know, I, I just didn't understand much of it. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Whoa, it was like somebody turned a light bulb on. Suddenly I could understand what I was reading. You know, I could figure things out. I was aware of things around me. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit because that will make a huge difference in your discernment. I always describe it as like my little antennas. You know, they kind of go up. Two antennas go up on my head. <laughs> when I'm discerning something, the Holy Spirit is present. Whoop, something's going on. Ding, ding. Up they go, antennas. Anyway, it's, it's really important to have it. So you get, we get saved. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We acknowledge that we're sinners. We ask him into our life. He comes in, give our lives over to him. We get baptized in water. Baptism in water is like the end of our old life, the old man's dead, the new man's arising. And then we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and we have a prayer language, and we can move forward with him. Yes. Amen? So those are the things we need to do. So now we're going to go down to verses 15 and 16. And I have a note in here to read this over here. So I'm going to read that in my... <clears throat> Okay, this one says in 1 Corinthians 2, 15 to 16, it says, those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. Okay, it doesn't say some things, it says all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of, of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Answer, Christ has. And we possess Christ's perceptions. Okay, and the New King James, it says, and we have the mind of Christ. So we can understand all things. Once we become believers, we have the mind of Christ, okay? We, we have um, his perceptions. We possess that. And so we don't have need of anything else. We have it. It's a matter of accessing it. It's a matter of activating it in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember when uh, Sunday at church, we had a young lady uh, going here, and she was um, taking some um, tests over at the college, and she was really concerned because I 
it was a math class, I think it was calculus, and she didn't understand it at all, and she was really worried because she thought she was going to flunk it. So she came up for prayer, and I laid hands on her head. I said, you have the mind of Christ, and you can understand everything, even calculus. <laughs> she looked at me, she laughed, she goes, really? I said, really? So I prayed for her. She got 100% in the test. She came back next Sunday. She goes, I don't know how I did that. I said, you have the mind of Christ. You can understand all things. So don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't understand something because you can. If you're a believer, you have the mind of Christ and you can understand it all. Amen? Okay, so now we're going to go to James 3, 13 to 18. And this is talking about heavenly wisdom versus demonic wisdom. This is very, a very key scripture uh, when you're trying to discern what's going on, okay? Because it's, it's very practical. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. In other words, they're not somebody that's puffed up and walking around talking about themselves. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where, every env for where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Okay, so again, you're in a situation, you're trying to figure out uh, what's happening. You maybe feel a little weird that something, something's not right, but you can't figure it out. It, is there confusion there? Is confusion happening? That's probably a check. Where there's confusion, it says there's all kinds of, the New King, or the Passion Bible says meanness is, is evident. Okay, if there's confusion, there's meanness happening. Maybe somebody's not being nice to you. That's not the fruit of the Spirit, okay? That's not heavenly wisdom. If there's self-seeking happening or envy, confusion, everything are there. Okay, is it peaceable? The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Does it seem peaceable? Okay, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits? Then it's probably the Lord. Uh, I've been in situations before where I wasn't sure what's going on. I'm seeking the Lord. Lord, this is going on. I have a bad feeling about this. You know, what do I do? And, you know, I'll go to the Word. Is it pure? No. Peaceful? Uh-uh. Is there confusion? Yep. Okay. Don't go there. <laughs> so see, if we follow the Word of God, He gives us very clear direction. Uh, I had a a uh, fr friend of mine come to me um, a while back, and she was talking to me about this guy that she was uh, dating, you know. And she said, you know, he really likes me, and I just don't know. There's something weird about him. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah? <laughs> that could be a clue. And I said, well, how do you feel? And she said, well, whenever I'm around him, I just feel confused. I said, okay. So I quoted her this scripture. I didn't even know if she was a believer or not, but I told her anyway. <laughs> I said, it says in the word of God, where, there confusion is, is there, where there's confusion, there's every evil work. Get rid of the guy. Run, run away from him. Leave him. You know? So she did. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she told me that she posted that scripture on her mirror in the bathroom so she could see it every morning. You know? 
But anyway, this, the Word of God is true. It's true, and it's, 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 the, it's the living, breathing Word of God. It's for today. It's not some book that was published years ago for people way back then. No, the Word of God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So these are truths that we can live by, that we can walk in. Okay, Hebrews 4, 12 to 13. And then I'm going to be closing here. This is how we can tell. The Word of God is always your plumb line, okay? You discern things. The Holy Spirit's leading you. You ask the Lord for confirmation from the Word of God. You can never stumble if you have that. Hebrews 4, 12 to 13 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open, to the eyes, to him of whom we must give account. So the word of God will divide soul and spirit. It will tell you what's happening if you ask him. The key is we've got to ask. We've got to take our, take our time, not go 100 miles an hour racing through life, which the life we live in now is very high speed with the, all the social media and everything. Set it aside and ask the Lord for his wisdom. I guarantee you're not going to find it on your cell phone or uh, on Facebook, okay? Half the stuff on Facebook is not even true. Do you know that? It's true. Half of it isn't true. It's a bunch of bunk. <laughs> It's a bunch of bunk, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to read this in the um, Passion Bible because I really like what it says here. Let's see, where are we reading here? Verses 12 to 13. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. It is. Like a two-mouthed sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives, motives of our hearts, okay? There's not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. You think an evil thought? You think God can't hear it? Yeah. He can. Sorry, he knows all. <laughs> okay? Nothing, for nothing that we do remains a secret, and nothing created is concealed, but everything is exposed and defenseless before he, uh, his eyes to whom we must render an account. Okay? That's scary, huh? <laughs> Whoa. So, but it's also encouraging because he is the one who discerns our thoughts and our, the secret motives, okay? So the word of God can open that up. We discern it. We're feeling something isn't right. We're perceiving things in the spirit. We're trying to figure out what it is. Okay, that's when you turn to the Lord. Go, Lord, what's happening? Open my eyes. Show me what it is. Yeah. And he'll pinpoint it. He will right then and there. And he'll tell you if you need to um, speak to this person or maybe you need to flee, depending on the circumstance. He wants to lead us by still waters. He is our shepherd. He loves us. He desires us to be walking in his ways and his path so that we can fulfill his purposes here on the earth. We're put here by Jesus so that we can fulfill the purposes of God. We're not ever going to uh, do that if we don't discern what's going on around us. Now I'm going to close with um, 
one last thing here that I guess I'm sensing the Lord wants me to share. I mentioned that a few years ago I was uh, thinking I was doing okay and I was deceived by this person, okay? Now this was a spirit-filled believer. I'm, I'm just going to tell like this because we need, we need to know this. And I had a gal in our church. She's still in our church today. She warned me. She said, you need to be careful what you're doing here because uh, this person isn't exactly what she appears to be, you know. Yeah. And me, I just thought, eh, well, it'll be fine, you know. She's a believer, spirit-filled, it's good. We're praying together, everything's good. Let me tell you something. It took me two years to get over what happened to me during that year of my life. It was horrible because... Uh, uh, this person spoke the word of God. She had me pray for her. Um, I thought I was doing what God was calling me to do. Turned out she was pretty much um, motivated by self-interest, okay? And she was actually using me, knowing that I prayed and heard from God. She was using my gift to benefit her. Wow, that hit me really hard when I figured that out. It took me a while to figure that out. When I figured out, I, it took me two years before I would even prophesy or speak because I just thought, wow, I know nothing. I know less than nothing. Wow, how could I let that happen to me? You know? And meanwhile, this was a public figure and there was many other people telling me, oh no, you don't understand her. That's not who she is. Yeah, right. I felt like saying, yeah, you're deceived too if you think that. Anyway, eventually the whole thing got exposed for what it was. And in the meantime, because, because I repented, and because um, I humbled myself before the Lord, the Lord was able to use me to help some other men who had gotten involved with her, and they thought I was a part of it, which I wasn't. They just, they just thought that because of the perception that was put out there of who I was. And anyway, I was able to talk to them about the Lord and pray for them and their families, and it was just an amazing turnaround. You know, I, I just thank the Lord to this day for that. Some of this just happened within the last two years, because you don't know, when you get connected with somebody, you have to have no idea how far the ramifications can go. So we need to be discerning. We need to know who we're lining up with, whether we're lining up with people. What do you say? It's those who are obedient to me. Jesus said, those who are obedient to me and do my will, those are the ones that are true followers. Not those that spout scriptures and uh, try to deceive you and bring you into stuff, use you. I, I never thought anybody would use my gift from hearing from God to, to propel themselves forward. I just don't think that way. And sometimes as Christians, we're very naive. We are. Because we want to believe the best about everybody. We don't want to have any enemies. We want to believe the best about everybody. Yeah. And so we don't see the warning signs, and we get drawn in, you know? Anyway, let's not be drawn in by false prophets, by pretenders, people saying that they're one thing or they're not. And let's be quick to uh, speak the truth and to um, be humble and to look for what's pure and peaceable and easily entreated. And if there's confusion, if there's self-seeking and envy there, then it's probably not, not from the Lord. Not, you're not to go there, not, not to be involved with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I think that, that is the end of my message. So I encourage you, if you don't, if you don't uh, have, uh, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want to be, I encourage you to, to get prayer because it's really important to be led of the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, and you know, there's a lot of scriptures on that, and uh, it's very important. He, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a very real person, and um, there's actually um, ministries out there that say he isn't, you know, and they're going to be held accountable for God for that. But anyway, thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, that you are with us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you came, that you're here as our comforter, as our guide, to lead and guide us into all truth, Lord. We can't do it without you, Lord. Lord, I, I just pray for each person here that you would help us to hear from you, to discern the times we're living in, to discern the people that we are surrounded with, that we would know those that are of you, those that are not of you, that we would not be led astray, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're our shepherd, that you love us, that you want to guide and lead us into all truth, that you want to lead us to the still waters so we can drink and be filled up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just quicken us. Quicken us, Holy Spirit. Just fall upon us, Lord, and open our ears to hear greater. Let us be greater discerners of you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Let us not miss anything you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We ask for your help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you, if you uh, would like to get baptized in the Holy Spirit or if you want to get prayer for anything, I encourage you uh, to come forward. We're going to have people up here praying today.